The Legend of Zelda Symphony of the Goddesses is a musical celebration of 25 years of Zelda melodies. Producers of the touring show, Jason Michael Paul and Jaron Moore, both adore game music as much as you and me. Welcome to Top Score from Classical Minnesota Public Radio. I'm Emily Reese. Jason has spent nearly a decade bringing video game music to the stage for audiences to hear and see all over the world. He created the Dear Friends Music from Final Fantasy Tour in 2004, and Jaron started working with Jason not long after Jason created Play, a video game symphony. The cool part is, Jason and Jaron were actually here in the Twin Cities to put on a show for Zelda fans in this part of the country, so they actually came to Classical NPR in downtown St. Paul to chat with me. I joined them later that day at the Orpheum Theater in downtown Minneapolis to hear Irish conductor and orchestrator Emer Noon conduct a rehearsal, and then I got to go to the show. It was a great day, we had a lot of fun, and here's our conversation where they're schooling me on Zelda tunes. so rarely get to actually see people when I'm interviewing them that this is just a real joy for me. So thanks for coming. Thank, Thank you, you for, for having us. us. <laughs> Jinx. You owe me a Coke. Please tell me the story of your friendship, because clearly you guys are friends, and your professional relationship. Well, it's I guess it started out in, uh, with another project that I, I, I created um, with Play a Video Game Symphony, um, which is and another... And we're talking with Jason right now. Oh, I'm sorry. My no, apologies. Okay. Yeah, this is uh, Jason Paul. And uh, we started working together when I actually, on another show, Play a Video Game Symphony, and it's a concert that features a catalog of music from video games. And uh, I met Jaron in Chicago at the premiere when I did it there. And uh, what I saw was a very passionate... Um, devoted gamer who travels around the world to shows, <laughs> really? but um, is uh, not only um, a video gamer, but someone who's very knowledgeable about the details that go into a production. And mm-hmm. just from there, we just kind of began a relationship that I knew that I would like to have someone like him with his expertise and his knowledge and his drive and passion to be a part of the shows that I'm working on. And what started out as just someone, an introduction has evolved into a, a working relationship uh, over, what, six years now. And uh, really, uh, Jaron's really the driving force behind the creative for my productions and the projects that I work on. So, Jaron, you were just a fan at the show, or you had a role in the production of that show? Well, um, like Jason said, play features a catalog of music and mm-hmm. uh, from different games. And one of the featured games on there is from a property called The Elder Scrolls. One of my very best friends, almost a brother to me, uh, Jeremy Soule, the uh, gentleman responsible for the music of that franchise, um, I sort of was serving as a liaison for him and mm-hmm. the production and, uh, and worked still to this day with his company very closely mm-hmm. and uh, produce their albums and, and that sort of thing. And okay. so, um, Could because he and his brother have a 
Yeah. Company. I'm surprised you know know them. Yes. So yeah, art, artistry entertainment, and yes. um, and I helped them found their record label, Direct Song, and okay, um, okay, and uh, and so I, I've worked in the video game industry. I worked mm-hmm. for a company called 3D Realms Entertainment. They're most well known for like uh, Duke Nukem. Yeah. Um, yes. And uh, and I worked on a property that that they had created called um, Prey. There's a uh, Wisconsin-based studio called Human Head Studios, mm-hmm. and uh, and I I kind of was placed as a sort of a, an external producer on that team to sort of oversee the music integration mm-hmm. and develop and direction mm-hmm. for that project. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was able to hire Jeremy onto that project. Then also was in charge of the. Yeah, the video kind of marketing. And so I was going back and forth a lot with 2K Games, the publisher, and just kind of through all that, it was sort of channeling um, my passion and sort of what I went to school for. I went to school uh, in Los Angeles for film and television directing, producing, and grew up at a very young age. My sister introduced me to the score for Out of Africa. Yeah, John Barry, and then uh, Bruce Rowland's score for a for a, a, a film that's not well known, but it's a kind of an Aussie western called The Man from Snowy River. I had those on cassette tape, and at the age of six or seven, you know, it was a really odd thing for a, a yes. child that age to latch onto. Yes. But it really lit my imagination on fire. Mm-hmm. And um, and at the same time, here I am uh, playing Zelda and Mario <laughs> yep. and latching onto that music. Mm-hmm. Um, among all that stuff, melody is king. Yes. Uh, with Koji Kondo, who was very young um, and just getting started in the industry um, and really captured lightning in a bottle with the properties that he, he was writing on. It's evident just with with the franchise as a whole that, that, that what he's done has really equally captured the imagination of so many fans yes. around the world. It's kind of why Jason and I do this. We're passionate about the music and it, it really is the love for this industry yes. that brings us together. Jason, what made you decide then, since you were initially the creator of Play, yeah. uh, what made you decide to focus on Zelda? Well, you know, actually, I don't know if you know, but my um, track record started when I started doing things with Final Fantasy. Okay. So I created Dear Friends Music from Final Fantasy in 2004, which at the time was groundbreaking. It was yes. the first video game music concert in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And it was really the first video game music concert to combine both visuals from the game and also the music. So 
Okay. So I started out doing one franchise only type concerts. Mm -hmm. And then as I was doing that concert, I realized that there's a much broader audience to reach through a catalog of music, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so that was really the turning point when I started working on play was to, to try to open the you know, I know there's millions of Final Fantasy fans out there, yes. but I also know there's millions and millions and millions of fans who are just loving video games. And, mm -hmm. you know, so that was when I kind of had that. I turned over that leaf and worked to focus my energies on that project. Really, it was kind of Jaren was was really um, instrumental in, in, in putting the, the Zelda franchise in my face. I had always had these. <laughs> I had always, you know, known Zelda. I grew up, you know, with Zelda. I grew yes. up with the NES and I played a lot in the Tindal growing up as a kid. So we were just kind of, I think we were doing a play show and Jaron had, I was like, so what franchise, you know, do you think, what do we do next? You know, kind of yeah. thing. And, you know, we've obviously plays running its course and doing its thing, but maybe we should get back into doing something that's more specific. And so obviously Zelda came up. And I've always had a wonderful relationship with Nintendo, dating back to when I first started play. Mm -hmm. And Miyamoto has always been a fan of my works. And, and so I was like, okay, I think now is the time. And yeah. so we were just kind of, you know, going through. We were kind of, you know, we had an idea for a team. And, mm -hmm. and we had an idea for a pitch, if mm -hmm. you will. And everything aligned. 25th anniversary Zelda. Mm -hmm. Press event. LA, Nokia Theater, let's, E3. E3, sorry. <laughs> yeah. You know, E3, you know, it's like Skyward what? Sword. Skyward I mean, Sword, you yeah, know, it's like exactly. everything was pointing to Zelda at the yes. time. And yes. you know, and so it just kind of serendipitously happened that mm -hmm. we here we are at E3 launching this project and now we here we are uh, a year, almost a year and a half later. I mean, in my opinion, this is a phenomenal show. It's kind of everything that I wanted to do with the other properties and the other shows that I've worked on mm -hmm. is is happening right now, and it's, tell me more. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> as they say, what in can radio. I say? I mean, I have an amazing team of people that I pretty much a dream team, if you will. Okay, they're useful people that have like tons of experience in doing what they do. You know, with Chad Sider, our music director, who mm -hmm. is a very talented. I mean, beyond talented, the guy is a genius, mm -hmm. um, and he's he. Just happened to grow up playing Zelda. <laughs> Go figure. And nice. someone who knows him, he can do this in his sleep. Yeah. So Chad's wonderful. And then, of course, we have this guy to my left who's, you know, a Zelda freak. Um, <laughs> Are you a self-described Zelda freak, Jaren? I, I, I like to say aficionado. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. With those two forces and, and me who has, you know, I guess you could say experience in, in putting on these types of concerts from not only mm -hmm. just uh, bringing the team together, but also from an actual realization standpoint. I, I realize projects. I don't just dream these projects. I realize them. That's really yes. my strength. So with all that combined, you know, and then obviously having the property to work with and having the assets to, to manage at that point, it was just a matter of just making it happen. Yes. And uh, Zelda is, it's the dream project that I always dreamt about becoming a reality. And now we're almost at like 30 shows. Yep. Um, we've, we did the 25th anniversary concerts, which were amazing. Mm -hmm. And that really was what gave birth to this, the Symphony of the Goddesses.
we didn't want to just do a best of concert like、mm-hmm. we were doing in the 25th anniversary.、Mm-hmm. We really wanted to do something that was unique, and that's when Chad and Jaren were really pitching the idea. Not, I wouldn't say they were pitching it to me. I, I was like, "Go ahead, guys, just tell me what you want to do, and we'll do mm-hmm. it." Mm-hmm.、Um, but the idea for a symphony, a four movement symphony, which to me is so cool. Yes. And it means so much more than just the best of, which is kind of、yes. what we had been doing with all the other concerts. You don't have to be a Zelda fan, but when you come to the show, you can actually—you—it's almost like you understand it now,、mm-hmm. and you understand it through the music and the visuals. Like a symphony really tells a story. Staples of my productions has always been that we never compromise the size of our orchestras. We never compromise、mm-hmm. the size of our cor- our choral parts,、um, and so we've always maintained almost at any time, any concert that I do, about a hun- almost a hundred people on stage. And of course, this show is kind of the biggest show that we've done, not from an orchestra or choir size, but more、mm-hmm. importantly, just the the whole show as a whole.、Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I travel with more people than I've ever traveled with before on a production. <laughs>、um, we have an eighteen by thirty-two foot screen that's suspended above the orchestra, and and what we've done is, which I've always wanted to do, is we actually treat our performances almost like a live ses- studio session. So everything's on a、uh, on a click. So everything's in sync with the visuals. Sure, that makes and sense. And it really helps to just everything is really organized. It's methodical and it's it's premeditated, if you will. Yeah. So there's not a missing beat. There's nothing's missing. It's、yeah. it's very fluid, and that to me is just makes the difference. And said, Chad and I, you know, we're, we're big storytellers, and we latched on really early when Chad and I became friends、um, a few years ago. You know, huge film music fans,、mm-hmm. love our video games. We have a huge love for Jerry Goldsmith, who、uh, who I actually had the rare opportunity to get to meet and、wow. and attend several of his scoring sessions before he passed、wow. in 2003. Again, at that young age of six or seven, I found myself gravitating.、Um, this is shameless here, but.、Um, <laughs> Gravitating toward like King Solomon's Mines and Supergirl and Total Recall, that was、yeah. not so shameless,、um, you know. And <laughs> and all these films, and I'm like, I just really love the music,、mm-hmm. and there's something about it. And and later when I started like understanding, ah,、oh, actual people do this. Like、yes. there there is actually someone writing, you know, these stories and the、mm-hmm. music and doing the cinematography. I was like, ah,、oh, Jerry Goldsmith, he's the He's the thread here, and so、uh, it's funny, Chad, being the fan that he is, and I as well.、Uh, we we decided to sort of take an approach, do the WWJD thing. What would Jerry What would Jerry do? <laughs> we kind of put Zelda through his lens. Oh wow!、Um, okay,、uh, because it just it was a perfect fit, first of all, and then Chad has his own unique style, and、um, and combined with that, it was just a, a really cool place to leap from. It worked really well, complementary with with what Koji Kondo does. 
Okay. Um, so I think it, it was a it was a great way to um, sort of put a smile on all of our idols' faces. I, I think, <laughs> or an opportunity, or at least we hope we were able to do that. We yes. we know we made Mr. Kondo smile. Oh, yes. So. Sure. Yes. <laughs> Chad and I were in Tokyo when they were doing the 25th anniversary concerts, and mm-hmm. our host was Koji Kondo. Wow. So you <laughs> and know, Mr. No Miyamoto. Pressure. Oh, sorry, no and pressure. Mr. Miyamoto and yeah. Aonuma-san. Um, <laughs> their Triforce was present. Even our conductor Emer Noon, she uh, she's she's a she's a pretty well known name in the video game industry, having conducted the scores for World of Warcraft and Diablo three and Starcraft two, and yes. you know, she did some some of the uh, orchestration for World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. back, the original. It was neat bringing her in. Mm-hmm. Um, just she yeah. sort of automatically has has some some street cred with the fans. Where do you uh, get the musicians? Uh, well, there you know it depends. Um, it depends on how the show is bought and sold, if you will. Sure. Um, so, like, for instance, if if I'm presenting a concert under my company, mm-hmm. or, for instance, this one in Minneapolis, um, we, we're hiring uh, pickup orchestras, oh, where okay. we actually hire a contractor to come in and mm-hmm. handpick some of the musicians, which mm-hmm. is really the pool of musicians is usually the Minnesota Orchestra. Or, right. Here, you know, there is no shortage of yeah. Fantastic with St. Paul Chamber Orchestra. and Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. what's key there is that, I mean, we're pulling from local musicians. Right. So yeah. wherever we go, we're contributing to the economy of that city. Yes. And, um, and, and, then, and then, of course, we also partner with orchestras. So like yes. in the case of um, we did a string of shows on the East Coast recently in July where we actually uh, presented at the, the Mann Center for the Performing Arts, which is a Philadelphia venue. Mm-hmm. And we actually brought down the, the Pittsburgh Symphony Oh, cool! to perform. And then we went back to Pittsburgh and we used them in their hometown at the oh, Heinz nice. Hall. So, you know, so that's kind of how we work. And then, of course, we did a show this summer at the Wolf Trap in Vienna, Virginia, which is oh, the geez. home of the National Symphony. Yeah. Yes. So we, we partner with very distinguished orchestras, mm-hmm. and then we also have, quote-unquote, pickup orchestras that we, we partner with. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, that's fun because we get to sort of have kind of bolt together a best-of orchestra. Yes. Yeah. So. Definitely. Yes. Especially yeah. in L.A., for instance. We did a show right. in Los Angeles. Which, if you were to be in the audience, you didn't really know what went into how we picked those musicians, but that might have been the best orchestra in the world. Yeah. Wow. Chad has a has a good pedigree. He's worked uh, very closely with composer Michael Giacchino. Okay. Um, he would have been Chad would have been here, uh, but he's busy working on another project right now. Oh. Um, so he, he had to miss out. But he um, he's worked on Lost and Fringe and Star Trek and and several. Mm-hmm. Uh, other properties and um, mm-hmm. so he's gotten to know a lot of the LA musicians sure. and I mean the people well, want to know him <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I, I mean they've just he's just had the the opportunity to work with them very closely mm-hmm. and the people on that stage at the Greek in Los Angeles you had musicians who've who've worked with John Williams mm-hmm. who've performed on on you know and we had Jazz. Don Williams his brother yeah actually. Don Don Williams was was on the timpani um, oh, how funny. You know, and uh, <laughs> it looks just like him too. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, and uh, I mean that's just surreal. I mean, we had people who perform on, you know, the Avengers. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. all, all the yeah. biggest properties. You know what? What I've always tried to do with these productions is create a hybrid, if you will, mm-hmm. a hybrid of audiences, a hybrid of media, and, yes. and but always maintain that orchestra. Mm-hmm. 
you know, the orchestral yeah. kind of presentation, which yeah. I learned from Pavarotti when I was doing Pavarotti and the Three Tenors. Is yeah. I always wanted to keep that kind of highbrow vibe. resistance in the classical world to accept video game music. Yeah, I, I kind of was reminded of in 2004 when I had an article in the LA Times. It was the first, again, it was the first time we had done this. And I hired the LA Philharmonic mm-hmm. to do this show along with the Los Angeles Master Crow, and it was conducted by Miguel Harth Bedoy, who at the time was the associate conductor. Right. And I remember reading this article in the LA Times, and one of the musicians from the LA Phil was quoted as saying, this is Muzak. This is elevator music. Yeah. And I was like, really? Okay. But you can't argue with standing ovations. And the response from these orchestras now is like, how can we get on board this train? We want to present this show. So mm-hmm. in the beginning, obviously, there's a lot of resistance. But just like anything else, over time, they kind of realize that, you know, not only are they able to have fun on stage, mm-hmm. but they see a new audience coming in. Mm-hmm. They're actually ro- the rock stars on stage. Right. Um, yeah. It's pretty fun. It's actually a real privilege. At first, sometimes it can be, even with Zelda, uh, you know, bringing this show to different orchestras, there can sometimes be a little bit of resistance with the orchestra, mm-hmm. just sort of uh, digesting the concept of what it is. Yes. Uh, when they start playing the music, which is actually quite sophisticated. It's serious. And music. it's mm-hmm. it's it's high energy. It's it's not easy. By the end of the show, uh, they're played out. It's difficult. Yeah. And um, you know, by the time they're done, uh, there's there's a new appreciation. And mm-hmm. while it can be difficult at first, you know, and you're sort of fighting this this uh, contempt almost, like mm-hmm. you know, this is video game music. Yes. You know, this is not. You know, this is not what we're used to. This is not our repertoire. By the end, we've had the privilege of of, of kind of opening everyone's eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the same happens on the other side of the stage with the audience. You know, mm-hmm. parents, grandparents who bring their children, and they're able to kind of look at this and go, wow, you know, there's something to this video game thing. You know, maybe we misjudged. There, there, there is something valid here. And, mm-hmm. and no matter what the age, they walk out really appreciating what they what they heard whether they know the franchise or not It's also one of the the things that I wanted to point out for our production from a production standpoint mm-hmm. is one of the things I've always maintained on my productions is I really like to put the, the members of the orchestra front and center. So much so that on the visual accompaniment, we actually highlight some of the soloists and some mm-hmm. of the musicians on oh, the big nice. screen. Nice. So not only is it just video games, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's gameplay footage or, you know, we also integrate the actual orchestra members and highlight those, you know, so you can see the hands, you can see what is creating the sound. And so 
that's something that we try to do and I've always tried to incorporate into my productions, which I think we've done pretty masterfully. And there's a huge percentage of people who come to come to the show. I mean, even tonight mm-hmm. who have never stepped into a concert hall right. uh, or, or a venue like the Orpheum to mm-hmm. see an orchestra perform. Mm-hmm. So it becomes an educational experience. And yes. if even just one person walks out of there thinking, wow, I want to play the flute. I want to, I want to learn the violin. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be a conductor like Emer. And we're all available. You know, we, we, like, we like to hear from the fans. And it's inspiring to us to inspire. Yes. Um, and a privilege. Yes. So um, if any of that happens, it just makes it all worth it. how many times I've actually talked to parents of kids and I'm a father as well you know and I have a daughter who plays piano since she's three mm-hmm. um, playing an instrument is a very it's very important and also one of the things that I think is very important to point out is that a lot of these people are coming not only is it their first concert mm-hmm. but to have to go to a symphony concert as their first concert it's going to leave a very lasting impression so. you know case in point it's funny I just I want to give you this example real quick <laughs> last night we were at Augsburg College Okay. And um, private music school here in mm-hmm. Minneapolis and um, uh, rehearsing. It, it, was, it, was a neat, it was a neat place to rehearse because it was kind of tucked away and we were able to kind of take care of business without attracting too much attention. Mm-hmm. But um, there were some classes in session and there were some students on campus and um, we didn't really close any doors. Um, <laughs> you know, I think some of the, the teachers probably got... I, they got annoyed <laughs> because <laughs> some of their students just started sort of gravitating out of the classroom and <laughs> and toward the toward the rehearsal room. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually had a couple a couple students actually sit down. They just planted themselves right outside the <laughs> rehearsal hall, and they got out their notebooks and they started to transcribe the music as Seriously. they were listening to it. And I caught them mid argument <laughs> trying to figure out what was a whole tone or, you know, what the theory was behind this. And, and one of those kids, Ben, actually had the, had the guts after rehearsal to come up and uh, ask if he could see the, the conductor score. Oh, wow. Um, you know, he actually asked if he could get a copy, and we are like, no, sorry. That's uh, against Nintendo policy. But, yes. uh, but Emer was very, um, was very gracious, and, and, mm-hmm. and we were breaking down, so we had time, and, and mm-hmm. Ben had a chance to actually look at it oh, and, cool. and study it a little bit, and he just was pouring over the pages, and sure. he found one place, and he's like, I knew it, you know. It's like I knew that's what that was, and you know, and then, and and he's a and come to find out he's a he's a a, a French horn player, okay, and a, he's a composition major. I hope that was a, an instrumental thing for Ben. Oh, I'm sure, um, yes. Just to get to to see that because not only was he, was he those things, but he was also a Zelda fan. Yes, and being able to sort of provide a context mm-hmm. and 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 a way for him to channel his energy into something you know that that's both professional. And, and ties into an interest of his was, was, was neat.
What is one of your favorite Zelda melodies or songs? I mean, the main theme is is the stickiest of them all. Yes. Um, it never really comes down to what is one of my favorite melodies. It, mm-hmm. It's more like what is one of my favorite. What's the favorite score from the game? Mm-hmm. And um, and as a whole, I mean, that comes down to kind of my three favorite games, which is uh, A Link to the Past, The Wind Waker, and Twilight Princess. Mm-hmm. Out of those three, Link to the Past really set the set the stage for a lot of the melodies that yes. um, have have become through lines for the entire franchise mm-hmm. and created a continuity that fans have latched on to. And, and there's a whole timeline. People don't people think that, you know, uh, there's 16 games in the franchise. What is this Legend of Zelda? And you don't even play Zelda. Zelda's this princess that sometimes, you know, is sort of this disconnected person. <laughs> you know, she doesn't even play that big of a role in the series. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, yeah, you're rescuing her. She, she's always the damsel in dis- distress. Um, yes. But uh, the easy thing is to say, ah, oh, Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. But, you know... At the end of the day, there's like maybe 20 minutes of music in that entire game. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that game is pretty long, so you hear 20 minutes of music like yes. on loop, and it, and it's gonna get stuck in your head. It's yes. good though. Twilight Princess. It's probably my favorite of them all. It's the most developed. It's the most cinematic. The production quality. Uh, I think fans were disappointed that it wasn't a fully orchestral score it was it was produced with the midi onboard midi instruments that were on the wii you know they they actually gone more in the orchestral route uh, live orchestral route with skyward sword but to me twilight princess um, just from a film music fan standpoint and just someone who loves musical storytelling it's the most consistent and the most well-developed it's also mature there's some really cool ideas in that score that are worth hearing, and uh, I think they shine through really nicely in the movement that's dedicated to that that oh, game cool. in, in, in the performance tonight. I think you'll enjoy it. Good, good. Well, I just really appreciate you coming in and talking to us about this wonderful, wonderful project that we all get to see come to a culmination tonight here in the Twin Cities. So thank oh. you very much. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Top Score from Classical Minnesota Public Radio. I'm Emily Reese, and our technical director is Sam Keenan. You can follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at Top Score Podcast. You can leave me feedback directly by clicking on the feedback link at classicalmpr.org slash topscore. We'll be back soon with a look at a rebooted Spy Hunter with music courtesy of Ryan Shore. Jason Michael Paul and Jaron Moore both adore game music just as much as you and I. As me. You and me. You and me. Just as much as me. Yeah. Okay. Grammar Champ. Take two. Uh...